Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to Passage to Profit this evening. I'm Richard Gearhart, founder of Gearhart Law, a full-service intellectual property law firm. And Passage to Profit is all about inventors, entrepreneurs, and the intellectual property that they need to make their businesses thrive. And this is Elizabeth Gearhart, co-host of Passage to Profit, The Inventor's Show. And I am not an attorney, but I work at Gearhart Law doing marketing. So she works very hard, by the way. <laughs> If you have a question about a patent, trademark, copyright, trade secret, litigation, infringement, anything to do with intellectual property law, ask Richard. So what do we have in store today for our intellectual property piece? Well, you get to start with IP in the news. It's a trademark thing, so you get to do it. The 3M versus 3N trademark infringement case in China. So everybody knows 3M. They make post-it notes. Everybody knows their products. They've been around forever. And of course, they were selling products in China. And so this dude in China decides that he's going to start selling the same kinds of products under the name of 3N. So that's N as in Nancy as opposed to 3M, right? Of course, 3M was like not into this at all. And it's kind of funny how this guy was really trying to palm off on 3M's goodwill. So they challenged this trademark and then they won at the trademark office in China, right? And then 3M ended up suing this guy in China. And I just want to tell you the arguments that the infringer guy, the 3N guy made. He said, first of all, the 3N mark was not similar to the 3M mark. In view of the duration and extent of its use of the 3N mark, as well as the price difference between the two companies' products, notice there's a price difference there. A stable market order had materialized and the relevant public could easily distinguish between the two marks. So basically, because I ripped off 3M's mark and I sold a lot of underpriced products, that justifies me keeping the 3N mark. And then finally, he said he had no deliberate intention to take advantage of the reputation of the 3M mark as its 3M mark comprised the initials of the corporate philosophy, which was new concept, new technologies, new products. The only problem is he came up with that argument after he started using the mark. So anyway, I guess the moral of the story is that if you want to pursue trademark protection in China, it's not necessarily a bad idea. Occasionally, companies do win, even though China has a bad reputation for protecting American IP. It is possible to do that. Yeah. Can I just add one more thing? If you are going to sue in China, you need to file your trademark in China. So even though you have your trademark filed in the US, it doesn't mean that you can sue in China. It has to be filed in the country in which you want to sue. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. So Elizabeth, you're up next. What are we talking about today for patents? For patent palooza, in honor of our presenters, Nathan and Sterling, who work with cats, I wanted to find a cat patent. So I got to get your guys' opinion on this. So this man, his name is Jack Randall Kidwell, actually got an issued patent on this device. So what you do is you have this box and you put the cat food at one end and the cat has to pass through the box to get to its food. But in passing through, it gets vacuumed. 
<laughs> I bet the cats just love that. Maybe they should like make it walk through like a swimming pool first and then go into the, you know, the rinse the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> With that note, we are going to take a break, but I want to say that we have an incredible show today, a lot of really fun, interesting people. So you are listening to Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, and our special guest today, Sharon Lynn Wyeth on WOR 710. We'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All all of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And with us this evening, Sharon Lynn Wyatt from the company No the name and Sharon and I and Elizabeth met at an event at Carnegie Hall for celebrities and we instantly hit it off. Sharon has had her own radio program for a long, long time and has many devoted listeners. Fascinating person to talk with. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Tell us what's been going on. It's exciting. My fourth book is coming out this month, so that's exciting and it's a little bit off the first three were in Know the Name. And then the last one of the series of Know the Name will come out this December. But this is a, a tribute to my dad and what he taught me. So that's kind of exciting. I do have a trademark story for you. I could not trademark Namology because you can't trademark a common word like name. And so my dad said, spell it like the Latin. So it's N-E-I-M and just call it Namology. And then we could get that much through. But then the trademark office came back and said, because of how you're doing this, we're not going to trademark Namology unless you call it Namology Science. So it's actually called Namology Science because of the trademark office. That's one of the most unusual trademark stories I've ever heard because usually you pick the name and you trademark it. You don't have the name come as a result of the trademark. So right. that's a little backwards, but hey, it works, right? So It works, but that's why it's called Namology Science. You actually look at people's names and you can tell quite a bit about people just from their name. And there's other things that you do as well. We did a little bit beforehand where you went about and told everybody on the show a little bit about their name. Do you want to go through and hit the high points again and just say what you do? Sure. Andrew likes to be the expert in whatever he does because, you know, that way he's the smartest and he's the best one out there. And where I got that from is in the middle of Andrew, he has the DR for doctor. So he Ooh. wants to be the smartest. Ooh. I don't I don't try, I just am. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Mike is a great manifester and a natural leader and very generous, but he's all about family. All of his time tension everything is all about family. Family is incredibly important to Mike. And then 
you look at Nathan and Nathan can see everything from so many different directions. It's like he can see everybody's viewpoints and all the differences and everything. So it might be harder for Nathan to make up his mind what he really wants because he's got so many options because he can see all those options. But he's a workhorse and he's going to make sure that whatever needs to get done gets done. It gets done on time and he's got an incredible memory. Then Sterling is just stubborn. <laughs> when he gets his opinion and he wants it a certain oh, by golly, he's stubborn. On the other hand, you're very persistent. You don't give up. You're going to go for the gold, and you're not the one that's going to quit in the middle. So if you needed to study something that took a lot of time, you'd be completing it where other people might give up along the way. Richard, you have it in your name that honesty is one of the most important things to you. It's like you don't tolerate anybody who's not honest. You know, they lie once to you and it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and, and for somebody to rebuild to get your trust again is almost impossible because yeah. it's so important to you to be honest all the way through. And then you got a rebellious spirit. You hate to be told what to do. Ask you, you don't have a problem with it, but tell you, oh, no, even if I wanted to do it, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think Elizabeth can confirm all of those conclusions. So I am doing really, really brief knowing that I can talk two hours on what I see in anybody's name. And then there's a lot of answers that are in a name. Because like, if you have a question about life or how to go about it, the answer sits right there in your name, what's best for you. So on Elizabeth, is she's the detective. She wants to know everybody's backstory, what makes them tick, who they are. And everybody comes and dumps all their problems on Elizabeth because they know she's a really good listener. and She's going to give them really good advice. Elizabeth also would make a fabulous lawyer. She chose to go that way because she can argue up a storm when she believes in something and she thinks you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> She'd make a great debater. <laughs> I have experienced that on occasion, yes. One thing that you do that if I had had the resources, meaning the money, I would have definitely hired you for is you can tell people if their company name is going to work for them and you can help people find a good company name. How many people have you done that with? I've done it with quite a few. And I always ask permission before I say any of the names online because most people like to claim that they came up with it themselves. <laughs> but one of them that has definitely given me permission is one that we did last year called Podopolo. And so Podopolo is pod for the podcasting and Dopolo is really like Monopoly. It's a game and it's an interactive podcasting game so that you can turn podcasts into gaming and really participate. I mean, I just find this whole name thing fascinating, but there are other very intuitive things that you do as well. So I actually went on Sharon's website because I was going to do the name. And then I saw that she has some other services there. So we kind of did, I don't know how to ex even explain what we did, Sharon. So in your name is the seven reasons why you're here, what you came to learn or experience. And like, like I always say, we're not getting our lessons. Everybody says, oh, well, you needed these seven lessons. And I think, no. We didn't do something wrong that we needed lessons. Our soul wished to dwell in and get more experience in different areas. And so there's seven concentrations in everybody's name on why you're here. So I call those spiritual readings. I get it all out of the name, but the intuition tells me how to present that information to you or what examples to use when I'm doing it. Because so many people will say, wow, we were just talking about that. Or how did you know we went to there? You know, yeah. when I'm using an example, but that's yeah. the intuition part, but I'm getting the answers out of the name. I think the point you made was so interesting because I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs 
are responding to this inner peace that wants to grow, that wants to do something different. I mean, it can be in a corporate job or a more structured environment. You have those experiences too. But the entrepreneur is really somebody who wants to grow in new directions and have experiences. And I just think that what you said is so spot on. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about my experience with Sharon. So what happened was we scheduled this session and we were working on my name and different things. And I I said to her, I really want to start my own business. I've been working in the law firm. I've been doing passage to profit with Richard, but I want something that's mine, but I'm not really sure what to do. And we brainstormed and she looked at my name, looked at different things and came up with some ideas that seemed really a little off to me, but really weren't because in the end, they all factored into what I ended up doing. And then I left the session, kind of mulling things over, woke up at 4.30 in the morning, two nights later and said, I'm going to do a video directory and interview people for the director because people hate being on video. And it's easier if you have another person asking you questions. Plus, you can brag about yourself more because <laughs> who wants to just go say, oh, you know, I am the best at this. But if somebody else says, you know, you're the best at this. How do you? So it really was born out of my session with Sharon. And I'll talk about Fireside more later, but I am having the time of my life with it. So I would highly recommend her to anybody. And I love your name, Fireside. You did a great job. There's no combinations in there that subconsciously we go, eh. You know, they're all welcoming combinations. So that's, you did a great job there. And we did it all over the phone. Sharon has been set up for remote working forever, right? Yes, because it's just easier. People don't want to travel to where I'm at in a forest in a cabin in the woods, you know, to get their sessions. So I've done over the phone pretty much the entire time. Sharon, what do you do if somebody has changed their name? How does that affect the science of what you're doing? So the birth name as it sits on the birth certificate, whether you spell it differently later or not, or you changed it later or not, that birth name literally plans out what I call your contract with God for this lifetime. It gives you your timing. It gives you your gifts. It gives you the seven things that you came to experience more of in those areas. It gives you what your strengths are, what your challenges are, all the personality sides. It's interesting. And it all comes from the birth name. Then whatever name you are going by, because a lot of people change their name when they get married or they use nicknames or, or they decide to spell it differently. Whatever name you're going by, tells me how you are now going about those things that you already planned. Interesting. So you can change it. It's kind of like saying your goal is to get from Los Angeles to New York and you start off walking. And after a while you go, this is taking me forever. I wonder if I had a shorter name that this would take me less time. And then, oh, look, I can hitchhike. Or, oh, look, I could stay in one area and get enough money that I could get on a bus. And the name always indicates how you get on the airplane and get there faster. When I was growing up, my parents called me Dickie. (laughs) And so after about a year of that in junior high, I switched my name to Richard for obvious reasons. But back then it was a popular name, so... I'm not faulting them for anything, but definitely wanted to change my image there. Well, what's really interesting is they gave you a nickname that ended in a Y. And when a lot of parents do that, you know, they put a nickname on their child that ends in a Y. And what that means is the parent is literally saying, you need to change your personality to wanting to please me more so that it's easier for us to like you. I would definitely say that my parents were on that side of the fence. They were kind of on the doting side. Wonderful. But they wanted you to make it easier for them, you know, and whether they're doing it consciously or subconsciously, it can be a term of endearment. But what it actually does is it changes the energy 
Because if we allow somebody to call us a particular name, then those are the aspects of us that we then show that person and we don't show them the other aspects. I go by Elizabeth. I grew up a Betty Ann. Now I go by Elizabeth, but a lot of times people call me Liz and they don't even ask me. They just call me Liz. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, call me what you feel comfortable with. But I feel like there is a very different vibe or whatever you would call it between those two names. Well, there is. And it's actually a compliment when they're calling you Liz. They're actually saying, we see you as a stronger individual than even Elizabeth, and it's easier for us to get closer to you and include you more. So So it's actually a compliment because they want to bond with you and have more intimacy with you in a relationship. So do you think I should start going by Liz? Do you think that would be better for what I'm doing now? I don't like to make decisions for somebody. I just like to give information that you can make your own mind up, right? Because then later on, you can't blame me for making that decision for you. (laughs) (laughs) So in the name Liz, it's more people oriented. You're seen as self-confident. You're seen as incredibly strong. Okay. And that you know what you're doing and you're very directed and yet you're very friendly and you're able to get along with other people. In the name Elizabeth, it says, literally, I'm the queen. It needs to be my way. I'm not going to listen quite as well. And don't push my buttons because it can make me emotional. And then I'm going to become argumentative. What's the difference between Richard and Rich? I don't like Rich. When people call me Rich, I always tell them to call me Richard. When they're calling you Rich, they're literally saying, you know, you get upset. You have one of the four combinations in your name that indicates a temper. But each one, that's what pushes it off. You know, what causes that upsetness to happen? And yours says, when people don't do what they know they're supposed to be doing, I get upset. Okay? Boy, you nailed that one. (laughs) I always think when you go by your full name, you're literally saying to everybody, I am requesting that you see all of me because we all have good stuff and we all have challenges. I don't call them faults. I call them challenges. (laughs) Okay. And we all have them. But when you go by your birth name or your full name, you're literally saying, I am who I am. I've accepted all of me, regardless of how it's evaluated. And I'm asking you to do the same. Names are really important in my profession. If I forget a client's name, it's like I'm dead right? Names are so important to people, but there's so much more wrapped up into it than I ever considered. The reason I started at Nameology is after I had taught six years and I was doing the seating chart at the beginning of the class, you know, for the seventh year, we've been given our 150 names. I started putting them in seating charts. And by the time I started the fourth class, I realized that my brain was doing what it does when I know the kids. Like it was literally telling me Stephanie's going to be stubborn, put her on the side. Nathan's going to need extra help, put them up close. Joshua and Julie separated are okay, but together they're going to be clowns. You know, whatever. It's the same type of thinking I did when I would redo seating charts at the beginning of every month. And so I went back and I said, okay, my brain has picked up some kind of a pattern. Now my brain's thoroughly trained in pattern being a math major in college and I have my master's. So I went, okay, let me write down what I'm thinking of each child and let me put it away for three months and see if there's anything to this because I want to get to know the kids for who they are. When I read it during the winter break, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so accurate. So how do I make what my brain is doing unconsciously and how do I make it conscious? So that took me 15 years to figure out all the patterns. I teach the entire system in 15 hours. So I think that's a good return for everybody else to learn it in 15 hours. And then I went and tested it 
in over 70 countries because I wanted to see if it worked in different languages like it does in ours. And as long as they're using our lettering system, it works. That's amazing. So it really is a combination of some spirituality, but it's really psychology and it's analytical and data-driven. Sharon, is it possible to mold your child's future by choosing a specific name for them? It's very possible because they will grow into that name. However, when there were still only seven religions on the planet, they all agreed on 10 things. And one of the things they agreed upon was that the incoming soul impresses upon the one that's going to be naming them what they want to be called. So we name ourselves. So I say, honor that because that's that soul's chosen path and why they're going to be here. That's all information there. And then call me and I'll help you spell it so they get the same lessons, but they do it easier. We could go on for hours here, but we do have to take a commercial break. And so we'll be right back after this announcement. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This has has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Elizabeth, can you tell our listeners about the podcast? Yes, listeners. So if you are just tuning in, we had the most fascinating conversation. I don't think you've probably ever met anybody like Sharon Wyeth before, and you really should go back and hear it on the podcast. It will be out tomorrow. It'll also be on our YouTube channel. If you're just tuning in, boy, we got some really interesting people that are coming on right now, and I can hardly wait to talk to these guys. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. We have two master branders coming up, Andrew McCorkle <laughs> and Mike Corcoran, and they're from Cork Brothers Studios. So, hey guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you for having us. I'm Michael Corcoran. And I'm Andrew McCorkle. So we're the Cork Bros. We're down here in Atlanta, Georgia, and we do branding and marketing for businesses, specifically in the beverage and food space right now. I looked at your website, some fantastic photos, and you guys look like you're having the most fun of anybody on the planet with some of those pictures. (laughs) Absolutely. We we absolutely love what we do. That's why we started our business. We were tired of working for corporate America, and we're very thankful to be doing what we're doing. Yeah, so to give you some background, on what exactly we are doing. I guess kind of like how we got here. First, we, Andrew and I, we, um, we knew each other for about a year and a half before we even talked about doing a business together. Yeah. And then um, we started in the restaurant industry, we wanted to be restaurant consultants. And we tried to do that for about 12 months. Towards the end of that, we realized that the restaurant owners only cared about the actual content, the food photos, all those different things. So we pivoted. We went all in on becoming marketers and branders and content creators for businesses. And we've been doing that for about two years now. Yeah, two years. Two years now. And so right now, as we said, we're focused in the beverage and food space and just figuring out how we can bring an analytical and business mindset 
towards branding. Because a lot of times people will go and find a photographer, a videographer, and they'll get great visuals, but they won't necessarily be for a purpose or to drive actual business sense. And that's one thing we want to bring in is that whole solution that has a purpose and that has a continuity to it as you go through a whole year of marketing or multiple years. I know we have a lot of content for Gearheart Law, for Passage to Profit, and Mm -hmm. it's fun to generate the content and it's kind of easy for us, but then what's the best, most effective way to use the content? I think that's more important today. Everybody's generating content right now, right? Yeah, we focus most of our content to social media and we figure out what works best for the brand because, you know, there's LinkedIn, which has great reach right now, organic reach. Instagram is great for photos and videos. And it's probably the most popular platform for businesses to get their brand out there if they have great visuals. And then the one that we're still up in the air, what's going to happen is TikTok. We know that potentially could be banned here in the next month, month and a half. But that has been fantastic for organic reach and people have really grown their brands on TikTok. So it's all about what works best for the brand. Not everything's going to work. We don't have like, here's one solution for every brand. We like to do design thinking and empathy maps to really learn about who the brand is targeting, and then we create a plan from that. And that's some of the problem with other agencies like, hey, here's our one size fits all, and they try to do it, and then it doesn't work for other brands. What advice would you give to an entrepreneur who maybe is not in a position to afford an agency? How can they use the tools at their disposal? And how do they make decisions about their unique selling proposition or their differentiation? Yeah. What advice would you give to them about those things? I'd say the biggest one, and this is for you know the budding entrepreneur, but also um, businesses that have been in business even for years now, is figuring out exactly who you want to target. A lot of times, so a lot of people talk about target market and you know they might go through a business plan and figure out you know some general view of that. But we've talked to businesses who have been in business for five, seven years, who are like, okay, this is our target market. These are people who come, but those aren't actually the people they want to target or the people that help them grow their brand. So even for that budding entrepreneur, I would say dig further and figure out exactly who you want to target, not in a general sense, like people from 25 to 45 that live in suburbia or something, but really target who they are. And then you can start delivering your content and making your content for them. So I think being specific to start, then that's something you can figure out with no budget, and then start to build out from there. Yeah, and I would also say the route that we took when we actually started, we had a Nikon camera, and then we brought our phones, and the Nikon camera was just there to peacock. We didn't know at all how to use the camera, and so we were just taking (laughs) pictures with our phone, creating videos with our phone, and I'd be like, yo, Mike, use the real camera real quick, act like we're doing something (laughs) with it. And so you can really start off with your phone, and then we did a lot of complimentary work. We got a lot of time to provide value to other people, but then we also learned how to edit how to take photos different angles different things like that and so that complimentary work really helped us gain our skills and then also it showed other businesses that other businesses are willing to invest in us and we've grown from it we started off and we haven't taken on any debt and we've just invested in cameras lighting and 
different tools throughout the whole time. If we would have initially bought like a $10,000 camera and lights and things like that, we wouldn't be as talented as we are today because we really had to figure out how to get an eye for photography and videography. And then we've kind of grown into it. So I would say just use the tools that you have. Don't go into debt and then just figure it out from there. You know, everything is so visual now and the world has really changed. I'm pretty much a dinosaur, but <laughs> in my teen years, there were three networks on television plus PBS, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, computers hadn't been invented. So it was newspapers, written word, word of mouth, everything was a lot more local and a lot mm -hmm. less national. Mm -hmm. But now our world has changed so much. I think people don't want to take the time to read, especially when they're trying to learn about things. They want to see it because it makes it more real. And I've always been a visual person and I've always really loved good photography, good artwork, but that's just the way I am. Well, I thought it was really interesting, Richard, when you said you're really visual. And I thought people with the first vowel in their first name of A's and I's are your visual learners and people with the first vowel of an O and a Y, they're your auditory learners and people with the first vowel of an E and a U, they're your kinesthetic learners. So all of that and how we learn and how we take in information is in our name. Richard, to your point, that is why social media is so crucial right now because you could see visuals and we really learned during COVID-19 that the brands that weren't on social media, the restaurants that weren't on there, they had no way to really communicate with their followers and their customers anymore because everything went online and you were searching Uber Eats and all these different apps to get food delivered to you. And then a lot of people would go to the social media to see reviews, to see photos, different things like that. And you saw a lot of businesses who didn't adapt to social media. They really took a hit during COVID-19. Yeah. As an intellectual property law firm, what mm -hmm. we deal with is intellectual property. So they're written documents, you know, they're like term papers, and we're providing a service that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have a strong visual component. We're not selling a product, we're selling a service. So how do people who have services create visuals that are going to be appealing to their target market? To give you an example, we worked with a real estate agent, and he was like, how do I do social media? And the one thing that we told them to do is just provide value to your followers. So create a video of like intellectual property or trademark and just give little tips and tricks because what you'll be doing with that is people go to your social media and they'll be like, wow, this guy really knows what he talks about and I'm really learning and then I'm going to start following him on social media. So I would just say take some photos or some videos of you just talking about it in an interesting way and then ask your followers, hey, what questions do you have about trademarking? They're obviously going to your social media because they're interested in trademarking, patents, different things like like that so just ask your followers and then they'll tell you what content they want you to make and then just provide value and figure out a way to target them that way well i do want to comment a little bit on your guy's name so you yeah. came up with the name the cork brothers so sharon <laughs> tell us how does that sound well the cork brothers says you can't beat us we are the best and we are competitive and if you don't think end of show you're right well, <laughs> the next ones regardless of what we have to do okay and it says that they're constantly learning. That's in their name, that they're constantly growing, yeah. constantly learning. So they're not stale. They're not just finding one way that works and staying with it. And it also says, we are the ones in control. We know what we're doing. Let us do our jobs. These are not guys that want to be told how to do their jobs. It's more like you would hire them and say, this is what I want done. And then you let them alone and let them do it. 
they don't want interference. They don't want micromanaging. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't want any of that. It also says in your name of the Pork Brothers is that you guys know how to make money. This is the cash cow for you. And in your name. <laughs> we like you, Sharon. But to Sharon's point about the learning, so Mike and I knew nothing about social media, videography, photography two and a half years ago. And in two years, we're already creating content for people like Yelp signed us to a contract to do shoots with Yelp. A bunch of different breweries here in Atlanta, we've created content for Body Armor and Angry Orchard and Rabbit Hole and all these different brands. So you're right, Sharon, learning is so important to us. And that's really Mike with the content creation. I mean, Andrew gave you guys all the words of wisdom for social media. So he's constantly <laughs> learning on uh, that avenue too. But Sharon, I mean, you're completely right. And Richard, to your point about budding entrepreneurs, I think one of the biggest things you can do too is constantly learn and become an expert at your craft because that's the biggest value you bring to the world and just to the business scene. So unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the segment. Guys, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on. You're doing great, and we wish you all the success in the world. And where can our listeners find your website? Our website is Cork Bros Studios, so C-O-R-K-B-R-O-S studios.com. And you could follow us on social media at The Cork Bros. So we're The Cork Bros, and we found a Cork Bros Studios. Well, thanks a lot. We wish you all the success. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. Our special guest this evening is Sharon Lynn Wyatt, and we'll be back right after this commercial break. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Now it's my turn to say a little bit about Fireside, and then we are going to get on to our final guests, who I am just so thrilled to have here today. I can hardly wait to talk to these guys. Um, Sharon Lynn Wyeth and I brainstormed, and she did some work with me, and I came up with the idea for a video directory of attorneys, expanded it to small businesses during COVID, did video interviews on Zoom and have been posting them on my YouTube channel and website called Fireside Directory. And thank you, Sharon, for the inspiration. I am having the time of my life. When Sharon talked about my name, she said I love to talk to people and hear them talk about what they're doing. Well, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) It started as a directory and it has kind of grown into business stories. It's almost like a documentary of this time in small business in the United States and all over the world. That's someone from London. So I am really enjoying it. And now, without further ado, I need to introduce our next two guests. They're a team. Nathan the Cat Lady, and Sterling the Trap King. And with that, too, we are going to show you our kitty. 
Checkers, who's not too happy that I'm holding her here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Checkers is the Passage to Profit mascot, but she's really the radio boss. And she really makes all the calls about what happens on the show, who gets to come on, and <laughs> what our content is. And so she's a very important part of the team. So welcome, Nathan and Sterling. Tell us what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm Nathan the Cat Lady on uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all the platforms. I started off just doing funny videos because I'm an actor and was trying to build my brand and did a couple with the cats that went viral and people kept asking for more cats and I was like all right well I'm just gonna own this and switch my name to Nathan the cat lady and and now it's become a full-time job I do sponsored posts for people like the Corp brothers were talking about I have a lot of brands that approach me and I just incorporate the cats with whatever their brand is and kind of makes it entertaining and fun and gets rewatches and just kind of sneak their products in and been growing it from there. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with pets and babies, right? You know, so. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with cats for now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you have squirrels on your site and I noticed you have a picture of you and a squirrel. So if you want to go on his Instagram, I'm not kidding, it's amazing. But when I was growing up in Seattle, so my grandpa was kind of straight off the farm from Oregon, but he was a plumber. So he bought this house. It was a fixer upper and he was fixing it up. And the lady next door had five cats and there was a wall of windows with a ledge and a big tree. So long story short, he built a ramp so that the squirrels and the cats could run back and forth from the tree into the house and back. And he lured the squirrels into the house with nuts and stuff. It was crazy. I can't say I blame him. They just trimmed the trees to my building so the squirrels couldn't get over anymore. And I built a nine foot squirrel bridge so they could come back until my landlords told me to stop. <laughs> I grew up in the Chicagoland area. My great aunt ran a newsstand in the 1920s and she was a bookie for Al Capone. And over the years she collected, she lived in an apartment and and she ended up, when she passed away, had 13 cats in her apartment. And it was like a one-bedroom apartment, by the way. And we all had to draw straws to who, see who was going to go in there and clean up afterwards. But you can go a little bit too far, I think. Well, that's where Sterling comes in. Yeah, my name is Sterling Trap King Davis. Uh, I'm actually out of Atlanta, Georgia as well. I started my nonprofit Trap King Humane Cat Solutions about three and a half years ago. Uh, it focuses on TNR, which is trap, neuter, return. It's the humane alternative to death and euthanasia for stray and feral cat populations. I've actually been doing music my whole life. And in between tours, I just hung out at a, a shelter helping to scoop litter. And they finally asked me to stay on board and was like, hey, it's not a lot of people that look like you that love cats the way you do. Can you stay? We think it'll be helpful. So I worked for that uh, rescue for a while until I started my own which is, like I said, Trap King Humane Cat Solutions. And the goal is to uh, spread the word everywhere to make TNR something as common as recycling and to get the black community as well as more men engaged in cat rescue. We lived in Atlanta, right? And there were feral cats oh. in our subdivision all over the place. And they used to run like in little herds, right? It was terrible. And there were just too many to even do anything about. But our one cat that we had as a pet that we had brought with us, I guess we brought him from Michigan because that's where we lived before, went out in the neighborhood and adopted a four-month-old kitten. He brought her home. He took care of her. He taught her how to eat. And she became his cat. So he had his own cat. <laughs> Aw, that's so cute. I just actually rescued. I was doing TNR about a week or so ago. And this cat that I caught, I had to keep her. I, I try to return them and not do that. This is called a foster fail, but I did. She is uh, very active, to say the least. <laughs> 
Two, they're both helping Lee Isaacson with her new app, which I am so thrilled about. I'm trying to get my daughter to use it. My daughter's dated two boys who don't like cats or allergic. Ugh. And she has a new app called Tabby Dates. Do you want to talk about that a little? Sure. Lee approached us uh, a couple of months back. As you know, she created Dig Dates, which is the dog person's dating app. And she approached us and said, we're looking to start a cat person's dating app. But obviously, cat people don't want to be owned by a dog person's dating app. You know, it's kind of a conflict of interest. So we need some people to be the faces of it. And, you know, Sterling with all the rescue he does. And, you know, I'm big in the cat world now for entertainment and now getting into rescue as well. We decided to sign on and help build this app. And it's actually grown in the time of when we started. It was only going to be available in four countries and now it's available pretty much everywhere except for everywhere. I think, like North Korea. I was surprised when I talked to Lee that she said there are actually quite a few men who like going on that app because they're kind of embarrassed to go on the other apps with cats. Is that right? Oh yeah there was a study on it where it was said that women were less likely to go on dating apps and swipe right on pictures with men that had cats in their profile. So I definitely can understand. I mean, I've had issues dating where lovely night, you go back to your house, she sees the cat, she's like, what in the world is that? And then it's kind of downhill from there because she's either allergic or afraid. And it's bad because during dinner or during the meat phase, you know, you hoping that somebody likes cats, you hoping that it's a cat person. This way, Tabby Dates is something that'll eliminate that because we're a special breed of people, cat people. This reminds me of a friend I had in college and he was pre-med and he was taking this family psychology course and I was like why are you taking family psychology you know being like an 18 year old guy and he was like the whole class is just girls he said I get so many dates you wouldn't believe it you know so I had somebody ask me when it was getting close to launch and they were like well how are you going to get guys on this app if it's like 10 to 1 girls and guys I said by telling guys it's 10 to 1 girls to guys I mean that's that's all you need most guys will love cats if they know it's 10 to 1 girl guy ratio like that right. that's the right there I already have some friends like I think I'm starting to like cats a little more now that you started that app <laughs> so yeah you never know what you're going to learn on passage to profit, right? <laughs> well, I was just thinking when they were saying that, you know, this is a great way of dating and I, it brought me back to thinking that when I was a math major in college, there was only three girls that were math majors and we knew all the guys and all the girls want to be our friends so they could meet all the guys that were in our classes. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through that with Cat Rescue, with TNR as a whole. When I started and I was getting trained, it was mainly women that I was working with and that's who trained me. So that's kind of when a lot of my friends were like, hey, man, you just hang out with cat ladies all day, huh? That's pretty good. <laughs> if you're somebody who's owned by a cat, a man who's owned by a cat, and you're a woman who's owned by a cat, how do you get those cats to get along if you get together? And you have ideas for that on your site, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a bunch of tips and tricks on there from specialists and cat counselors and stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of ways to integrate cats together, starting out slow, putting one in the bathroom, letting them smell each other at the door rubbing each other's blankets so they have a matching smell. Like there's tons of tips, but that's, yeah, going to be a big part of the site is once you do start dating, here's some tips and tricks to get your cats to like each other. Here's some fun date ideas you can incorporate your cats. It's definitely expanding. There's a feature called a cat tree as well, too. If you want to just meet up without actually just dating right off top, you can just go on the cat tree, share pictures, talk with other cat owners and things to that degree. 
for the cat pictures, how do you get them to cooperate with you? You got to bribe them. They've learned that if the camera comes out, the treats are very close behind. <laughs> right, and a right, lot of times right. you get lucky. A lot of people say like, how do you get your cat to do that weird thing? How'd you get her to smack you in the face right at that right moment? You just get lucky and then you edit around it. I've gotten a little lucky with my cats, especially my other cat, Demita Joe. I've worked with Samantha Martin of the Amazing Acro Cats. And she actually trains cats to do tricks and things to that degree. She actually helped me teach my baby Demita Joe how to ring a bell which I have to hide every night because she will ring that thing forever until I just make it rain treats. So I'm able to help get them to stay still for a shot or something like that because of a uh, clicker training. I shared a bedroom with a sister growing up and she loved cats and she had eight cats and she trained them all to stay on her half of the room. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been because I had the great pain on my side. But <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that could have made a difference. Yeah. So Sharon, what do you make of Nathan the cat lady name? It got my attention right away because obviously he's not female. And so to call himself the cat lady, it was like, you want a catchy name. You want a name that gets people's attention. And so that definitely did. I was like, how did you come up with lady and not the cat gentleman or the cat dude? So uh, I was just curious of that. What's cool in the name lady is the likability and also that it says that you're on mission. So how did you come up with cat lady and not something else? Originally, I was toying with some names and I did a story joking around that I was going to be the cat dad not knowing the other connotation and just got the <laughs> weirdest DMs that whole night. Just like, ooh, a daddy? Ooh, I could use a daddy. Hey, daddy. I didn't know how many people in the world needed daddies until uh, that <laughs> night. And so I was like, that's, that's just not going to work. Like, I want this to be fun and comedy and like, I don't, I don't need that kind of energy all the time. And so the girl I was dating at the time, she had a big Instagram and I would do skits with her. And people on there just knew me as the crazy cat lady guy. They're like, hey, where's that crazy cat lady that you always do videos with? And I was like, you know, I kind of like that. I wanted to kind of remove the crazy, but I was like, you know, I love that people laugh when they call me a cat lady. And I am kind of a crazy cat lady. I live with four cats. And so I tried it and I was like, Nathan, the cat lady. And people loved it. And my account actually doubled in two months. Uh, after I changed the name and kind of branded it. Well, I always think when you have a name that's a conundrum, it makes people stop and go, okay, wait a minute. What was that? Yeah. And it gets attention. So I, I loved it. The minute it came up, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to throw that curveball and just confuse people right off the bat. <laughs> right. But, you know, it gets people's attention. And like when I'm creating names for products, I look at stuff like that. I want something that's counterintuitive. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, for the time being, TikTok at Nathan the Cat Lady, unless that disappears. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I think Twitter is Nathan the CL because they wouldn't let me do it. But yeah, pretty much Nathan the Cat Lady anywhere you need to find me. For me, the nonprofit website is www.trapkinghumane.org. You can also find me on Instagram as the underscore original underscore Trap King and Trap King Humane Cat Solutions on Facebook as well. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you both for being here. And we'll be right back after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs 
entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. So welcome back, listeners. My name is Kenya Gibson, a.k.a. The Media Maven, and I'm here with Richard. Good to see you again, Kenya. Yes, we're back for IP we success are. stories. And this is actually a story kind of like how to avoid being a failure, which I, I guess is success. But it's all about a client who came to me after he had purchased a furniture store in New Jersey, and he spent $3 million for the store, and the person he bought it from was really old school. They never had a website, no social media. They've been there for 30 years. They had a great reputation in the community as being a great store. And the owner retired. Our client bought the store, but they never did a trademark search Mm. before they bought the store. So the first thing that our client did was they put up a website. And you'll never guess what happened. They got pinched. (laughs) They got pinched, right. (laughs) They got a cease and desist letter. And it turns out that another company, another furniture store in Maryland, had used exactly the same name. And they filed a trademark on it a long, long time ago. And so they had superior rights to even the client who bought the store, even though it was 30 years old. It's crazy. And he paid $3 million, about $3 million for the store. Right. And what would it have cost him if he would have did a trademark search? Maybe $700. Maybe $1,000, but he didn't. The lawyer that he was working with in the transaction didn't check that box, I guess. Minor detail. Minor detail. And he ended up getting the cease and desist letter as soon as he put up the website. Because I guess the other owner, he didn't know that our client store was even out there. But when the client put up a website, the other person found it. Bam, cease and desist letter. So what what ended up happening? Did he have to change the name? We went back and forth and we negotiated a settlement. He fortunately did not end up getting sued. So we did a great job of at least keeping him out of court. But he ended up paying a big chunk of money a large percentage of the value that he paid for that store because he needed to keep the name. The business thrived because people knew of that store and they knew of the reputation and the service. And if he had had changed the name, all of that investment of 30 years would have been gone. Mm. Uh, And so he ended up paying the trademark owner in Maryland uh, a really, you know, hefty sum. And I guess uh, he learned his lesson. So Well, I mean, I, how often does that happen? Probably more than we think it does, where people just jump out the window with a name and don't do that, the due diligence. That's right. And you would think, I mean, he had reason to believe that after being in business 30 years and never having had a problem with the trademark, the previous owner probably never checked either. So it was probably just innocent. But the fact was, is that they didn't check. And You're right. It happens way too often. It's such a simple thing to do a trademark search. Find out what's out there. Make sure that you don't put yourself in trouble. And one of the hardest things, though, is when you have a client who has a new project, they have a name, and they're just so attached to the name. They become infatuated with the name of their business that they don't want to let it go. 
and then they take crazy risks. They, their name is a little bit different than another registration, mm-hmm. and you tell them, no, don't do it. They do it anyway, and, and <laughs> they, you take a big risk because lots of times you get into big trouble. Sure, sure, and it's just not worth it in the long run. It's not. It's really not, and sometimes it's better just to try a different name, and there's lots of names out there that are available. Or call you. Or call us. <laughs> we'll get you through the process, www.gearheartlaw.com, or you can just call. It's 908-273-0700. Check us out, and we can at least get you started on the right track. There you go. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. It was an amazing show. It was really, really fun. If anybody's just tuning in, the podcast comes out tomorrow. It'll be on our YouTube channel. Really, you should probably go try to see it on our YouTube channel so you can see all the cats hanging around. And even though I'm an IP lawyer and I live for intellectual property, this is like way more fun than intellectual property. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks everybody for tuning in. And before we go, we'd like to ask our guests this evening if they have any final thoughts or words of wisdom. Sharon? Entrepreneurs hire me to reveal the secrets hidden in the business names because most want brand recognition and lack knowledge, insights, and how names impact buyers. So I help them create the perfect business and product names for instant recognition, charismatic names that spark the buyer's interest. And the bottom line is that your business name is a magnet that pulls in buyers. And I always say, if you're driving around or you're doing something else while you're hearing that my website is knowthename.com and you want to remember that later, you go, oh, I need to remember that name. I just need to know the name. Oh, yeah, that was it. I know that name. (laughs) Knowthename.com. Andrew? Thank you so much for having us on, guys. I would just say, you know, everyone keep going. 2020 has been a rough year, but keep your head up, keep grinding, keep learning, and just make the best of this opportunity. Yeah, you can find us at the Cork Bros on Instagram or the Cork Bros Studios.com. The base of what we do is we create content that makes people stop. Nathan? Thank you guys for having us on. If you're out there and you love cats and you're single and looking to mingle, go ahead and uh, jump on Tabby. <laughs> Uh, you can get it pretty much anywhere. Also, if you have a brand and you're looking to get some fun promos done or something like that, hit me up on Instagram, Nathan the Cat Lady. Great. And Sterling? Thank you. Like I said, thank you for having me. One of the things that I talk about in TNR Rescue is compassion fatigue, burnout. So I just want to say um, you don't lose cool points for compassion. For everybody out there talking about cats and TNR, that's my favorite slogan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore original underscore trap king. 
And single ladies, I see you on Tabby. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always my pleasure to thank our producer, Noah Fleischman, because he takes what we do here on Zoom and turns it into radio content. Remember to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Passage to Profit on iHeartRadio, WOR 710, the voice of New York. 